It's time to hit the road for adventure with the Roaming Buffalo Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Roaming Buffalo, and this is going to be our eighth and final episode in our series covering our trip to Glacier National Park. Uh, We got up after a couple of nights in the teepee at Devil's Tower teepee camping and headed back uh, down to the southern edge of the Black Hills to Hot Springs, South Dakota, where we paid a visit to... Moccasin Springs Mineral Spa. Moccasin Springs is a really nice little spa and resort in Hot Springs. They have uh, several pools that are with naturally heated water uh, and then at uh, varying degrees. And it felt great to go there after a couple of nights in the teepee to take a dip in the heated pools and to uh, soak and uh, swim around. So we had a very pleasant experience there, uh, whereupon we headed south out of Hot Springs and down into Nebraska, into Chadron, Nebraska, and a place that had caught my eye uh, before, um, actually... Even on our previous trip, uh, 11 years before to the Black Hills, I had looked at this, but we had just not had time to to stop at a place called the Museum of the Fur Trade in Chadron, Nebraska. The Museum of the Fur Trade is a bit of a hidden gem in this little town of Chadron, Nebraska, because it has an amazing assortment of artifacts, as well over 6,000 uh, artifacts linked to the North American fur trade. It's dedicated to the history of the North American fur trade, all the way from the colonial era into the era of the Rocky Mountain fur trade, the fur trade in the Pacific Northwest and Alaska, um, etc. cetera. Uh, you can see stuff there. We, we were... Uh, quite surprised. I mean, it's, it's really well laid out. It has great exhibits. The artifacts are, are it's sort of astounding what we found there because there's just things like uh, they had pieces of cloth from the Lewis and Clark expedition. Um, they had the oldest trade gun uh, known in existence from like the 1500s. Uh, they had a gun that belonged to Kit Carson. They had a gun that belonged to Com- Tecumseh. Uh, they had, uh, there were several others, uh, I think Red Cloud, they had a gun that belonged to Red Cloud. Uh, the, the, uh, they had cloth and textiles. It was really interesting, a really large assortment of those, which were wool, wool blankets and cloth were, were one of the primary goods traded, um, to the American Indians in the, uh, in the, the fur trade. So, you got to see an assortment of these actual uh, blankets, these textiles, so you could see 
you know, what, what, what was that, the, the goods that were actually traded and then the, the things that were created with them and the history behind their production, their styling. They had replicas of a, a birch bark canoe, like a giant canoe, you know, that could, that could carry several thousand pounds. They had it in there. They had, uh, trade beads. They had, uh, uh, examples of pots and pans and, and lead and uh, trade guns, these guns that, that they uh, were traded uh, to the native peoples, and it, it just on and on. I mean, it was, we were really, really surprised. I mean, we found this, they have a research library there. Uh, the, the museum is located. Uh, on the site of a American fur company trading post from, I think it was from 1837. So that's there on the site, the, the, the remnants of that. And then of course they have this building with all these exhibits there. I'm so impressed with it. Uh, we spent, uh, a few hours there cause it's, it's just, there's so much to see. So, um, Definitely, uh, if you are going anywhere near that area and you are interested in U.S. history and the things that helped to build this country, go to this museum. It's great. It's a really a great experience. Uh, we enjoyed it so much. I, I actually got a membership uh, with the museum. It was uh, that good. I wanted to to support them and also get their their newsletter. So do check out the Museum of the Fur Trade in Chadron, Nebraska. You won't be disappointed. It's very cool. After we left that museum, we still had to get down into Kansas, western Kansas, uh, by the end of the night. And we're cutting all the way across uh, Nebraska, the state of Nebraska. And, uh, that's actually a fair distance. Uh, we weren't going directly across because we're coming down in the panhandle of Nebraska. And then we're making our way down through Alliance, Nebraska. There was a roadside attraction that we made a brief stop on at called, uh, Car Hinge, uh, in Alliance, Nebraska. Alliance is in the heart of the Sand Hill country. Sand Hill region of Nebraska. And this car hinge exhibit is where it's, it's like a city park, but it was started by a gentleman who was an engineer and he came back after visiting Stonehenge in England. And he took a bunch of cars and built a, as close as he could, a replica of Stonehenge using these old cars. And they're out there. It's really, it's pretty neat. Uh, and since that time, uh, there are other car art installations that have been made uh, over the years uh, where people have taken parts from cars or even whole cars and, and made all kinds of cool art pieces in this little park um, that you can go and visit. And it's actually uh, pretty neat. Just doesn't take long to check out, but it's a great place to go in. Check out the art pieces, get some uh, get some cool photos, uh, and stretch your legs. Uh, after that, we spent the rest of the day and into well into the night 
culinary across uh, further down uh, through Nebraska uh, and all the way down into Norton, Kansas, uh, which was our stop for the night. Um, there isn't a lot out there uh, generally uh, in that part of Nebraska and Kansas, uh, but uh, it is the, there are some hidden some hidden gems and some things that we were looking to visit in western Kansas. So we stopped in Norton, Kansas, uh, spent a night at the Sleep Inn and Suites there. It was a nice uh, hotel, uh, very well located, and uh, if you are traveling in the area, I would recommend it um, because there aren't a lot of hotels. It's a very sparsely populated area of uh, both Nebraska and Kansas. And so hotels and accommodations can be hard to come by. So if you're looking for something, remember that Norton, Kansas. We got up the next day in Norton, Kansas and headed south to a town called Nicodemus, Kansas. Nicodemus is uh, in northwest, northwestern Kansas. It's a little town. And uh, part of our reason for visiting there, or, or at least the, the, the drive to get there is Christine and I have a little bit of a goal is in that we're attempting over the years to try to visit every national park site in uh, in existence currently. Of course, they keep adding stuff. So we're at this point, it's uh, over 400 units and we are about halfway there. And so we were heading to Nicodemus because, well, it's it's on the list and, and it's it was convenient as part of part of this trip that we could route through there and check these sites out. And as we found every every national park site that we've been to, it has something special about it. I mean, there's obviously a reason why that they are part of the national park system. And Nicodemus is something special. It's unusual. It's the Nicodemus National Historic Site. It's basically the town itself. And what this town is, is it, it's a from after the Civil War, uh, free blacks from the the east, especially in the south and and the east, looking for a new start. Uh, they they got together and formed what they call it like a, a colony. It was a basically it was a group, and this this is not the only t- uh, place to do this, um, but it's the only place I guess that's left still and still populated today and they got together and formed these these companies these and these uh, colony groups and they moved out west as a group to found these towns out on the frontier and to get a fresh start and it's really uh, an interesting story you can go there you can see uh, some of the buildings that were the heart of the community uh, there's the uh, there's actually like a town hall and uh, that was uh, built in the early 1900s. Um, there's also a couple of churches. Uh, there was what was uh, once upon a time a hotel. And, of course, you have to remember even at these times that, uh, one, these uh, they, they talked about the, the folks that came out there and how they, they had to uh, learn... Uh, to farm out there on on the frontier, um, they did get. Uh, they, they talked about the 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 sense of community and the, and the assistance that they got from neighboring communities. Um, 
but then later on, uh, the, some of the history, of course, that is covered and what, what was important about it, uh, at least in that area, was that it was sort of this um, pocket of, uh, as a black community and a, like a sort of a haven, a safe haven, um, because once upon a time during, especially during the era of the uh, early, uh, early uh, 1900s and mid 1900s, um, the, uh, there was segregation, right? So, uh, there was not, you know, they had the green book and there was the travel and so forth. That was the, that those are the green books. If you're not familiar with that, there's like sort of a, a special travel guide for, uh, blacks in America during this era of segregation of places that, you know, restaurants they could go to hotels, service, you know, places where they could get help and services and things like that. And these guides were put together. And of course, Nicodemus, uh, being a black community and, uh, that they had a hotel there, there's accommodations and it was definitely the sort of the safe haven. Um, but it's really, uh, even from the get-go when we got out, we just happened to run into, as we were stepping out of our vehicle, we ran into one of the residents who's uh, lifelong, you know, family's been there for generations, come to find out. Which a lady was very friendly, um, was very welcoming. Uh, we talked, uh, and she helped us out, gave us some initial uh, guidance, uh, we, uh, when we went inside, uh, we got to see and meet, uh, uh, the, uh, w- w- there was a young, uh, park ranger there and got a little bit of an orientation. They had a few exhibits inside the hall. The town hall is still used on occasions. Apparently they have a, a essentially like a town reunion every year, um, at like a homecoming day where people come back. And so that meeting hall is still in use. Uh, for those events, um, the there was a video we watched about the community uh, of Nicodemus, and it featured people that still live in the area, uh, and also uh, you know p- relatives and so forth. People who, you know, sometimes a lot of times you know this town is is uh, there's not a whole lot going on there in far western Kansas, and things are are changing, but there's still some folks hanging on. They're out there and they're farming. Um, but a lot of people moved away from a lot of these small farming communities, uh, and Nicodemus is no exception, but they talk about, you know, sort of, you know, holding on to that history. And, uh, it was really actually very uplifting presentation that you got there of, of how these folks, uh, went out there and, um, you know, sort of made it, you know, made it happen. And, uh, and how they're still making it happen today. So, uh, Nicodemus National Historic Site, uh, go by there, check it out. Uh, if you can route your way, if you're traveling through, if you have a way to get through Western Kansas, um, I definitely, definitely worth stopping and seeing. And then from there, we another site that is sort of isolated, uh, but it's only actually about it was about an hour and a half south of. Nicodemus, and that was Fort Larned. And Fort Larned National Historic Site is quite different. It was actually on the Santa Fe Trail. Uh, it just so happens that this year it's the Santa Fe Trail Bicentennial. Uh, so 
this these Santa Fe trail sites are are getting a little bit extra attention this year. And Fort Larned uh, was one of these uh, places that was a uh, um, a resupply and a guardian of the uh, of the trail, basically a safe haven for uh, travelers along the uh, Santa Fe Trail, and also to a post, of course, where soldiers were stationed and could be called upon to uh, react uh, or patrol, etc. And they they have several of the buildings on the grounds. So you can tour and you can see um, blacksmith shop. You can, uh, of course, see some of the, the barns, the barracks, uh, the officers' quarters, uh, etc. And they have a they do have a museum, and uh, just some. I think one of the things that caught me about the museum, uh, they're various. Uh, they cover the history. They talk about the soldiers who were stationed there, the, the people, the travelers along the Santa Fe Trail, um, the American Indians um, who were encountered out there uh and and then interacted with the soldiers obviously you know there's conflict sometimes sometimes there's trade you know it just depends uh, but uh a, a a nifty thing in the museum that was i think kind of a special feature of note and i just thought was something I had not seen before. They had uh, mon- televisions, basically TVs mounted on the wall. And it was really kind of cool because they were on the exterior wall, like w- where a window would be. And they were set up showing these um, different loops and sequences that they'd obviously filmed. But it was like you were looking out the window into the parade ground of the fort. So, like, like you were standing in the building, you were looking out the window, but instead of just being in the sort of empty parade ground, it is today, they had a lot of reenactors in, in this film, and so you're looking out, and you would see some of the cavalry come by as they were drilling, and you'd see some of uh, people pass by the window, some of the ladies uh, who who lived at the fort, they would come walking down the uh, the boardwalk right in front of the window uh and so it really sort of helped bring the fort to life because it was like it wasn't just like some old buildings it was like you're looking out and you're like oh then you could start to imagine um what life might have been like uh on any any given day at this fort so i thought that was a really neat feature a little just a little extra detail uh, as part of the overall museum uh, and the experience of being there at Fort Larned. Uh, it also, there's, uh, it's right there by the river. Um, there, there's, uh, some natural areas too. So not only is it a historic building, but there's also some, uh, bird watching opportunities and a little bit of nature, uh, mixed in there as well. And really, uh, we pretty much, that was rounding out our day from there. We, we headed towards Wichita, uh, Kansas, uh, where we would be essentially wrapping up the trip. And, you know, we're in Kansas and on our, you know, of course, the you know, sunflowers, it's synonymous with Kansas. We hadn't seen any. And uh, Christina was really hoping to see a field of sunflowers. And uh, I, I did too. Um, uh, 
and just so happens as we were on our way to uh to wichita uh as the evening was setting on we we came upon this huge field of sunflowers and uh had an opportunity to stop and uh uh, take some pictures of this you know just sort of this sea you know sunflowers as far as the eye could see and um really really beautiful um very sunshiny you know and uh you know sort of a iconic kansas moment there and uh it was a nice way to sort of round out this uh, overall trip we ended up in uh, wichita kansas that night uh christina had to get back to work so we had her on a plane at 5 a.m uh, the next morning and i headed back to texas in the car and uh it ended up being a really great trip overall um our experiences with lots of things we saw coming and going to glacier national park glacier national park in the area uh there by flathead lake was really a great experience um uh, that it definitely go to glacier national park check it out uh, I hope some of these other sites that we described along, you know, the way were, uh, or something else that would be of interest to you and appreciate you, uh, listening as always. And thank you very much and have safe travels.